challenge uh, tonight because everybody is so tired and it is hot. So we have to find a way to uh, wake ourselves up and then pay our attention for the last one. Uh, does that bother you? The sound? Yeah? Is it okay? Okay, so we'll just uh, keep that on. Okay, so. Okay, so this is uh, our last uh, session, and tomorrow uh, we are uh, going to have uh, worship service, and then I will have two people uh, doing the testimony during the sermon, and I'll wrap it up. But tonight is the uh, um, uh, last session of the uh, major portion. The first uh, session we talked about, uh, we need to cultivate desire. Because without cultivating the desire, what we are doing is we are just letting the change impose on us. Instead of us taking charge of the change, we just let the circumstances or people around us to influence uh, our changes. So by cultivating desire... You know what you want in your life. And you, you know what change you want to make. So by cultivating desire, you actually get to know yourself uh, very clearly. And that is very important. And that's the first thing that we talked about. And the second uh, session we talked about, that physical change is one-time event. When you do the immigration, you just come from Korea to Canada, just one-time event. When you move a job, you just move. It is one-time event. But in that one-time event, underneath, the heart, for heart, is never one-time event. Heart is going through tremendous process uh, of the change. And that change, is, uh, change begins from ending to beginning. When you start a new job, you end the old job, and you start a new job, begin a new job. But in heart, uh, the heart doesn't go directly, move directly from ending to beginning. There's in-between stage. And in this in-between this in stage, I called it uh, wilderness. And wilderness is midbar. And it's from the same root. It is a wilderness, but also it is a sanctuary, the holy place, the word of God. So this, in, the, in this wilderness, we go through temptations, hardships, and waiting, uncertainty, uh, darkness, all kinds of things we experience in this wilderness. But at the same time, at the wilderness, we experience God's presence. We experience God. We meet God. We learn God. Moses lived, um, this is a new thing, Moses uh, lived uh, 120 years, and then first 40 years, he lived in a palace. Second 40 years, he lived in a nice uh, kind of pastoral place. Uh, so he really, uh, he really enjoyed his life peacefully. But last 40 years, God took him to the wilderness. And then Moses in that wilderness, he met God most intimately. First 80 years, he didn't really meet God in a true sense. But in the wilderness, he met God in a very, very intimate way. In the same way, in the wilderness, we experience God, we meet God in an intimate way. So heart 
when you go through in uh, uh, changes you will go through in between stage your heart will go through in between stage in that in between stage learn to meet god and ask god's guidance and then uh, leading uh, in that wilderness now third lecture we are going to talk about we live in tension between who i am and who i want to be this is always within us and we always live in the tension between who i am and who i want to be there are two forces within us and the first one is the force to push me forward but second one is the force to pull me down so we are living in this tension there is a force that wants to go forward but there's also the force that pulls you down so that you don't go anywhere so we are kind of struggling in uh, these two uh, forces and st paul's confession is very clear about this tension i do not understand my own actions for i do not do what i want but i do the very thing i hate i mean this is st paul he doesn't understand his own actions i do not do what i want but i do the evil that i hate to do and that is our confession there are certain things that i want to do but sometimes we don't do that we do exactly opposite of what we don't want to do simple was real person he was not just a religious fanatic he was a real person and he experienced this struggle after meeting christ before meeting christ he didn't have this kind of struggle only after meeting christ he became truer to himself when he was true to himself then he recognized this power this struggle and this tension that exists within us you know when you don't meet christ in a true sense you are not honest with yourself but when you meet christ in a true sense then you can have confidence to be honest with yourself when you're honest with yourself you see these kind of thing and same paul saw this kind of paradox within himself i am strange within me i see a paradoxical self i see a battle within me not harmony but struggle not coherence but incoherence that's what is in me not just one image one nice image but very many conflicting images are within us it has taken long time for this i to be shaped so now is you the eye that you have was not shaped overnight it has go go it has gone through so many things and as a result of that that eye has been shaped so many experiences so many failures so many uh, joys and so many learnings all these things uh, this eye is traveling and experiencing and then at the end finally i has been shaped and formed we are not 
fully aware of how this I was shaped within me. We don't know exactly because a lot of times we did did these things unaware of it. But somehow this I was shaped. And unfortunately, because we are not perfect human beings, because we are sinful human beings, according to the scripture, we are sinners. Because, uh, because we are sinners, some undesirable, uh, maybe ugly parts, undesirable parts were also formed in who I am. The part that I'm not satisfied with, the part that I don't want to accept, admit, and that part is also within me because we are sinful human beings. We have this yearning to be what I want to be. We don't want to be stuck in who I am as I am. As I told you, God accepts me as I am, but God never leaves me where I am. God always takes me to the next level of life. That's who God is. So, I don't want to be stuck in who I am. We want to be free to become who I want to be. There is no such thing actually as who I am. There is only who I am being. Do you understand what I'm saying? Who I am is already finished product. Who I am being is continuous product. Only God is who I am. When Moses met God, what did God say to Moses? What is your name? Uh, Moses asked. What, what, what did God say? I am who I am. So God is who I am. But we are never who I am. We are always who I am being. The kind of movement we want to create in us is the positive movement. Spiritual flow. I mean, this movement, the word movement is very important to me. Uh, that you have to create this movement within you. The spiritual flow. We have to create in us a spiritual flow where our soul can freely move towards what I want to be. That movement has to be there. Instead of soul being stuck, that movement flows. Russian poet. Rumi said, when you do something from your soul, you feel a river moving in you. You feel a river moving in you. When you you truly do something from your soul, that's amazing. It's a river moving in you. And Jesus said the same thing. For those who believe the river of living water will flow. The river of Living water will flow. Do you know what that means? The river flowing within you. So that movement, that energy, that flow, that's what we need. If anger is so strong in us, so if we are stuck in that anger, then we need to create a spiritual flow where our soul becomes free from the anger and experiences the freedom 
to love. You have to create that path so that your soul, instead of being stuck or bound by the anger, but moves away beyond the anger and towards the freedom to love. Same with pain, same with insecurity. Our soul needs to be free. To change, in change, what is really important uh, is your soul being free. Instead of your soul being stuck in where you are, your soul becoming free. That's what we need to uh, experience. So we just sang a song, Hide Me Now. Actually, I was going to sing these songs during my sermon, but they are already uh, sang all that. That's okay. We already sang it. So, uh, uh, hi me now that we want we want to go above the storm we don't want to be stuck in the storm we want to go above and fly above the storm and this soul needs to be free otherwise the real change cannot happen when our soul is stuck real change cannot happen, then to truly, for our soul to be free, then there has to be room for our soul to move. When your heart is so small and your soul is kept locked, then it cannot be free. There has to be space where our soul can move. There's a famous uh, photographer uh, in Korea, Bae uh, byung uh, and then he only takes uh, pictures of uh, photographs of pine trees. And then I have a sample. This is uh, one of his uh, uh, pictures. And the second one is a uh, beautiful uh, pictures uh, that he uh, takes. And I wish, uh, I mean, his uh, pictures in London, he did exhibition, like a, several hundred thousand dollars for uh, one picture. It's a very famous guy. He, <clears throat> he said he only... Uh, can I have water, please? <coughs> By the way, David is going to make slush tonight. Oh, you can? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's famous for uh, frozen beer. <laughs> Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Next time. Next time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was reading his uh, uh, interview uh, of the re- uh, reporter uh, with this Pei uh, Byung-woo. And then uh, the, he always takes picture only in the morning. Uh, most of his pictures are taken in the morning. And then uh, the reporter asked, why do you take pictures in the morning? And from what he said, oh, it kind of hit me. Yeah, that is so true. He said this, when the light crawls over the earth, the space is opened up and the world is opened up. I listened to it. Ah. Yes, that's true. When the light comes, 
Light does not just come and shows things, but it opens up the space. And I realize when the light of Jesus Christ comes upon our soul, our, our heart, then it creates space for our soul to move towards. And that is what Jesus said. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And it, truth and light, same thing. When the light or truth moment come and then our heart cre- it creates a space and then our soul moves and then we experience the freedom of the soul. When you have the truth moment, you no longer are bound to your old self. And my friends, change takes a long time. Real change. For example, small ship, small boat, they can move around like this. But big ship, they cannot move around like this. Just to change one direction, they go very, very slow and turn. And the real change happens. Our change is like that. Our change, like this kind of change is not change. The, today you do this and next day you do something else and the, the day after you do th- That is not really change. Uh, what is that? That is pakunungo. You know, that is just pakunungo. Uh, changing the scenery. It's not pyonanungo. It's a pakunungo. So uh, that kind of change is not uh, what we call change. The real change happens so slowly, you don't even feel that you're moving towards different direction. That is kind of change that we are talking. Big ship, that's how they change direction. There are two kinds of behaviors uh, within us. One, the behavior that you are aware of. And the other, the behavior that you are not aware of. The behavior you are aware of is you intentionally do it, but be, uh, behavior that you are not aware of is automatically you do it. Whether you like it or not, it becomes uh, automatic that you just do it. Having the light and knowing the truth will open up a space for the soul to freely move, but you should not end there. You need to shape the path, shape the path to truly change you in your life You need to shape the path. After you realize about yourself, you need to adopt a new habit, new spiritual habit, and that is spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline. Pei Byung-gu, famous photographer. His pictures, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then you know what he said? I take picture Every day, as though I write a diary. I mean, he knows all about pictures. He knows all about uh, camera. But he takes picture every day just to create that creative path so that he doesn't lose the sense. In the same way, we need to create that creative path or spiritual path within us. Doing things habitually and mindless is bad. But doing good things and making it as a habit of your life is very 
good thing. You need to do that. Immanuel Kant, very famous philosopher, he's known for his regular habit. Every morning, he walked at the exactly the same time. So people in Knisberg, they set the time by seeing Immanuel Kant passing by. Oh, it must be 8 o'clock now or 7 o'clock now. He's passing by because his routine was so regular. So we need spiritual discipline if you want to uh, change. Making a habit is a very important in spiritual change. Once you make a habit, you know one thing good about making a habit is you don't need self-control once you make a habit because it's not hard. It just becomes automatic, part of you. Every morning, I'm the first one uh, who usually uh, wakes up. So my routine is every, mo every morning I get up, I come up very, very quietly not to wake up anybody. So I'll do, and then whatever dishes that I have, then I finish the dish, dishes, and then I take out the garbage and then fill up uh, with a new garbage bag. And after that, I put on coffee. And then that's it. I do that every day. That's true. <laughs> My wife is right there. So <laughs> I mean, it's not a big deal. It takes not, not even uh, 20 minutes. Every day you do it, it becomes routine. Part of it. You don't need self-control uh, to do that. You make the habit of doing it. You know, our self-control is exhaustible. It's not limitless. It is exhaustible. There is an experimental puzzle. So two group of students, they, they gave the puzzle. One group of students, it's an unsolvable puzzle. You cannot solve it. Uh, there's no answer. Two groups. You One group, before uh, they start uh, the puzzle, they gave uh, the, the cookies. And the other uh, group, they gave radish. And then they uh, let them uh, try to solve these puzzles. And the result is, the chocolate chip cookies, 그걸 먹은 사람들은, 19 minutes, they tried, and 34 attempts they did. But those who ate radish, only 8 minutes they tried, and only 19 attempts. It's half the time. So they realized that uh, our self-control is exhaustible because they use self-control already by reading radish. So they don't have any more self-control to control themselves for Solving the puzzle. Chip Heath and Dan Heath, his book, Switch, How to Change Things When Change is Hard. And this is what uh, they said. Both are uh, professors. One is at Stanford. The other is at Duke University. Uh, this is what they said. When people exhaust their self-control, what they are exhausting are the mental muscles needed to think creatively, to focus, 
to inhibit their impulses and to persist in the face of frustration or failure. So self-control is something exhaustible. So when you make something habit, then you don't need to use that self-control. And then you can use that self-control for something else. If you want to make a habit, then what is important is a habit. Uh, when you want to make a habit, you cannot start with a big thing. You have to start with a small thing. You cannot start with a big commitment. You have to start with a small commitment. It is better to read the Bible. If you want to read the Bible, really, seriously, if you want to read the Bible, then 10 minutes every day for two months is better than 10 hours you read in a day. 10 hours you read in a day is not helpful. What is more helpful is 10 minutes every day for two months. Then it becomes habit. You will create reading habit of the Bible. Whatever you do, think about doing it for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. Not just one year. For the rest of your life. A reporter asked Mark Twain, novelist, how did you become a great writer? And this is what he said. I start writing a sentence or so every day, and without knowing, I became a writer. So every day he wrote something, and then without him realizing it, he became a writer. Mark Twain said that that same person said this. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into small, manageable tasks, and then starting on the first one. So, at the retreat, you think about what you want to change, and think about one thing that you want to do for the rest of your life. Very small thing. Doesn't matter what it is. Very small thing that you want to do that is good for you for the rest of your life. Break down into smallest and start with that. A journey of a thousand miles must begin with the first step. The important thing is not to make lots of changes, but to create a path. That's what habit does. Important thing is don't make too many changes. Create a path. Once you create a path, then then changes will happen. Shape the path, the path for the soul to freely move towards who I want to become. Okay. Let's stand up. It's a little... Huh? Yeah, a little too noisy. It's much better with that door open back there. So important thing is, uh, important thing is that you create a path. And that is very important because, and also when you create a path, you have to start 
with small. Don't start with big. Start with small, small change. Because we human beings are very weak. You know how weak we are? There is a clock invented by, uh, don't show it yet. There is a clock invented by Gauri Nanda, an MIT student. It's called Clocky. And within two years, he sold 35,000 units for 50 bucks in two years. And this alarm has a wheel. In the morning, when the alarm goes off, it rolls around the room. It looks like that. So it doesn't just stay. It just jumps off and then rolls around. Just imagine your panties, you go around trying to stop this machine. Because you're so weak that they created this kind of stuff and it works. <laughs> Does not let you do it. We are weak. So we have to understand that we are weak and that we need to create small step at a time, little by little. That's better than trying big things and give up altogether. Small things every day. Jonathan Haidt, a professor of psychology at the University of Virginia, gives us a metaphor in his book, The Happiness Hypothesis. And then he uh, talks about there's a rider and elephant. And this rider and elephant is within us. When the rider and the elephant are in sync, then that's great. The rider thinks, okay, let's go that way. And the elephant has a power to move. So you go that way. But if the elephant refuses to move, then you cannot do anything about it. You can kick it, yell it, but elephant will not move. And you cannot make the elephant move. And that's our situation. A lot of times, this rider, we ride on it, but this elephant does not move in the way you want to go. That's why change cannot happen by just your will. Okay, from today I'm going to change. You can't change. This elephant will not move. Even though the rider wants to move, the elephant will not move just because you have willed to change. Elephant never does a creative thinking or plan to change. Elephant doesn't do that. It is a rider who has a vision and creative thinking to change. It is a rider who does that. But to make effective change, you need energy, drive, and the power of the elephant. There are few reasons why the elephant may refuse to go where you want to go. First reason is when a certain habit is so strong in you, the elephant is comfortable with that. So automatically, elephant will go whatever you have been doing all your life. It's like automatic behavior. It's, it's like when, when situation you enter into it, before you enter into it, oh, I'm not going to get angry. 
But once you enter into the situation, automatically, just anger comes out. Or certain situations, oh, I'm not going to do that. And you go into that situation, automatically. You're too weak to fight against the elephant because you have been doing it so long in that way in your life. So to change elephant, that small thing, little by little, big ship, you have to move around. You cannot just kick it and yell it. And you cannot just make a decision. So you have to create a path so that elephant slowly moves into the new direction. The disciples wanted to follow Jesus, but their old habit was so strong that they were always rebuked by Jesus. It took a long time for them to truly to be able to follow Jesus. Especially sinful habit is very difficult to change. Like greed, selfishness, self-centeredness, pride, self-righteousness, timidity, stubbornness, inferiority complex, habitual lying. All these things are hard to change. It is so deeply ingrained in us, almost part of us. So if you live mindlessly, who leads your life? Elephant leads your life. The rider is just riding on it. Elephant is going whatever, where, whatever you have been going all the time. And that's why we feel so helpless. So we don't change it. We just let the elephant continuously move. We just sit on it rather than really taking the course of the change. Another reason for the elephant to refuse to go where you want to go is this elephant is easily scared. Very easily scared. So if the task is new, uncertain, and too much, it doesn't move. The only way to change is to move the elephant. And you cannot do it by force. You cannot do it by your will. You need to create a path by your spiritual discipline, new habit. Also, the elephant uh, is easily, because elephant is easily scared, you need to break down what you want to do to be manageable. So elephant doesn't get scared. To motivate the elephant, you need to shrink the change. Big thing you try, elephant will not take it. So shrink the change. John Wooden, UCLA basketball coach, he's a basketball, basketball hall of fame, he said uh, this. Yeah, this is when elephant doesn't want to move, doesn't want to go away. <laughs> when you improve a little each day, eventually big things occur. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but eventually a big gain is made. Don't look for the big, quick improvement. See the small improvement one day at a time. That's the only way it happens. And when it happens, it lasts. Spiritual discipline is repetition. Doing once in a while 
gets you nowhere. Until it becomes part of you, you continue. Continue repetition. You want another prayer? Do every day prayer. You read the Bible, you do it every day. You have bad habits you want to change, then change it little by little every day. Break down into small and do it every day. Malcolm Gladwell in his book, uh, what was that? Outliers. Uh, Outliers, he said, uh, it takes 10,000 hours for anyone to be good at anything. 10,000 hours, you keep doing what you're doing, then you'll be good at it. So if you want to do a new habit, new spiritual practice, 10,000 hours you do it, then you will master it. You will get to the level, and then automatically you will be able to do it. To have a long-term spiritual discipline, break down the task into small, manageable pieces. Jesus' principle is mustard seed principle. The mustard seed, you cannot even see. Have you seen mustard seed? It is so small, you need very special kind of eyes or some uh, magnifier to see it. That small mustard seed will grow large and the birds of the air will come. Jesus wanted to start with, if you have faith of mustard seed, then you will see that miracle. So from your faith of mustard seed, small thing that you will see, very big thing. So you need to continuously motivate yourself. And there was a car wash uh, experiment. Uh, One car wash, uh, they said, uh, okay, if you get eight stamps, then next uh, car wash is free. So one set of car washes... (coughs) eight spots. And the other is has a ten spots, but two stamps were already done for you. So both are both you need uh, eight stamps. So they did, uh, did uh, that. And then the, the ones who had eight uh, 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 slots, only 19% came back. But the one with ten slots, with two filled out, are uh, stamped already, 34% people came, almost double the people. Because there's incentive, there's something going already. So it's easier for you to follow. Horace in uh, 60 uh, BC said, he has half the deed done who has made a beginning. In Korean, what is it? 시작이 반이다. 시작이 반이다. This is what Horace said in 60 uh, before Christ. At the last, at the ha- first happiness seminar, as I said, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Believe that. If you believe that, then something wonderful will happen. We are not alone. We have a helper, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide your first step. You will not do everything. If you take one small step, the Holy Spirit can take you to the next level. 
It's not just what you do. When you take the small step, the Holy Spirit will take you to the next level. Have a courage to take the first small step. Think about what you need to change. Think about what you need to change. At first, that will be difficult. What do I need to change? Because it's so buried too much inside of you. You won't even know what to change. But when you think about it, slowly you'll be able to see, ah, I want to change this. I want to change that. And these things will come up. Then take it. Cultivate the desire to change. And then when you change, that you will go through some dark time, disappointing time, difficult time. Wait. Don't give up. Meet God. Experience God. And then little things start with a small thing. And then do it every day. Then you will be able to see the miracle of it. You know, uh, we have a Bible study uh, at our church Wednesday morning. Uh, about 10, 12 people come every Wednesday uh, in the morning at uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, Misan, how long have we been doing that? Eight years? Eight years. Almost every Wednesday they came. And then at first, it was kind of difficult. Uh, first of all, a bunch of women sitting there, and I'm only man. <laughs> <laughs> and they talk about always their husbands, <laughs> usually complains. <laughs> and then sitting there, oh my goodness, how am I going to lead this crew? <laughs> and so... It was really, really uh, difficult in the beginning. But, but for eight years, every day, it's a small step. Every day, almost every week, they didn't uh, really uh, miss uh, a single. Now, it has become so mature. The kind of things that we learn, the kind of things that we share, it is so deep and profound. You won't see that anywhere else. I don't see that anywhere else. Even with theologues, theological students I talk with, I don't get that kind of depth. But in that group, I see, I hear that depth. So small beginning create the miracle of the community. You know how difficult it is to build a community? It takes a long time. And that community was built. So whatever you do, start uh, uh, with a small and then see how God will take you. And don't just look at easier solution. Don't just look at easier solution. One man on the street at night, he was looking for something. And the police came by, what are you looking for? And he said, I'm looking for my key. Where did you, where did you think you lost it? Oh, I think I lost at the end of the street there. Why are you looking for it here? Why don't you go there? And he said, the light is better here. <laughs> don't look for the easy solution. You know, just because light is better. <laughs> you know? Find where you think you lost your key. <laughs> Even though it is dark. 
you know visit the darkness visit the dark place visit the uncomfortable place visit the place where you don't want to go maybe there is an answer there instead of always finding the easy answer and thinking that change happened this is all i have <laughs> prepare for you I hope that it helps you a little bit about thinking about uh, the change. So the first night we talked about attitude of towards change. Second uh, uh, lecture we talked about the dynamics of change. And third one, the action to make uh, changes we talked about. So uh, have a great discussion and the pilgrimage. Thank you.